Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Uh, the Doug Gottlieb Show is brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Las Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Every game, match, race, and competition, it is always on. No one does sports like Vegas. The excitement is endless, so make sure to plan your trip today at visitlasvegas.com. What will Tom Brady do? All right, we already have Sean Payton stepping away. Here's Tom Brady on his podcast talking about how much his family will factor in his decision. I have kids now, too, you know, and I care about them a lot as well. And, uh, you know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. You know, I'm going to spend some time with them and give them what they need because they've really been giving me what I need the last six months to do what I love to do. And, you know, I said this a few years ago, it's, it's what relationships are all about. It's not always what I want. It's what we want as a family. And, uh, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time with them and, and then, uh, you know, figure out in the future what's, what's next. Hmm. My read on that is once you say I'm going back in the family, the family matters. They've been giving me this time, you know, but I want to be a dad. That that to me signifies I'm I'm done. I'm out. Two years is about right. Forty four years old is about right. And I think he won it and he felt compelled to chase it one more time. And obviously, you know, injuries and other things. And, you know, what often happens when you try and repeat, you know, there, there's a reason the Patriots. And the Chiefs are the exception, not the rule. So I listen to it and I think he's done. I just do. He's not somebody who seeks attention from these decisions. He's not somebody who wants seemingly to do the Aaron Rodgers and to get people to talk about him throughout the entire season. He's under contract for a year, one more year with the Bucs. They're not, it's not like trading him. It's like, do you want to come back and play? Like, yeah, but I'm taking away from my time, my kids. They say this about morning shows, really, in radio, where at some point they're not paying you to actually work. They're paying you to get up early in the morning. I think, you know, playing football is time away from his family. He's never going to get back. And my guess is he wants it back, and he's going he's gonna to trade his cleats for it. Uh, Jay Stu, when you listen to Tom Brady, what do you think he's saying? You're I, cynical, usually, so. I, I, I am a cynic. Um, I, I will say this. I... I think this is the first time he has kind of gotten uh, this like expansive about how important the family is and things. So that is different, but I think he comes back. Um, I think that, I mean, you tell me, Doug, you played at a high level and like he's just adding age. another year. He's my age. Yeah, but you have to understand all that goes into it. I know, but but in 20 years, is it going to be like, man, I, I wish I would have just played that one last year. He, Why? He was an MVP what, what, candidate this year. He had a lot what left. He, you know. But what does he have? But again, what does he have left to prove? Oh, nothing. He this doesn't the, have to this prove is anything. The pro, this is the problem with leaving New England, right? This is the part that they don't tell you. When you leave New England, now it, it really becomes more professional football, 
more like a mercenary and there's less reason compelling. Like if all of these things had happened in New England these past years, won one and then lost early in the playoffs. Well, now you're like, well, this is my franchise. These are my guys. I want, yeah, I want to go win one more with all my guys. But, you know, Gronk's wishy-washy about his return. Edelman's done. These aren't his guys. There's not. It doesn't mean he's not friendly with them, but he's not boys with them. I, I, I don't. I, I think it's very different when you leave that place. Uh, let me go. To, let me go to um, uh, Dan Byer. Dan, what do you think when you hear that? Well, I, I'm surprised that we're even having this conversation because of the message that Tom Brady had been sending over these last couple of years, and that's playing till I'm 45. Uh, you know, maybe playing after that, continuing to play as much. And he hasn't turned 45 yet. He will in August. But that was always the the thing that I had thought stood out. So now to hear him say what he had to say and not reach that 45, like that to me was always like a magic number. Like, And that was maybe going to be the given as long as his game didn't fall off. And his game hasn't fallen off. So that tells me that there is something to the family portion of it. Um I don't know if he's looking to go elsewhere. I don't know if he wants to play for the 49ers, you know, one time and and then call it a career. But um, but I, I never thought that he wouldn't play in 2022. And hearing those comments now, I uh, think it's a much, much more realistic possibility. So I Ramos, lean towards what, you what you're saying. Ramos, what do you think? Well, if you go by what I saw, which was his wife, Giselle, in the suite during that game, jumping around and looking like she had the whole suite full of like 50 people in there. She's having a great time. She's waving at the camera. She didn't look like somebody who was too busy to say, hey, you need to stop this. I think she may have changed her mind a little bit. So if that's the big case that we've talked about the last couple of years about how Giselle wanted him to stop and all this stuff, she didn't seem like a, a wife who wanted that. She seemed like she was having a great time out there. So I say he stays for one more year. Because his wife was having a good time. Yep. Got it. Yeah, I think the games are fun. <laughs> I, I don't think it's about the games. I think it's about everything else. You know, it's about how you eat, how you have to handle yourself, how much film, the investment, the meetings. Oh, the meetings and the meetings and the meetings. Um, and how your body feels when you wake up. All it takes is you get hit one day. I This would be really actually commendable. So many guys, you know, try and win that last Super Bowl, and they're just terrible. I mean, look, when when Peyton Manning walked away, he couldn't throw a football. Yes, he won a Super Bowl, but he wasn't the reason why. That defense was nasty. You know, Eli Manning played too long. Played too long. Ben Roethlisberger played too long. Aaron Rodgers is going to play too long. Tom Brady, he proved he proved himself right to himself, to anybody who paid attention. But what more is there to prove, especially when you're not with that same team that you grew up with? I, I think that the I I think COVID and how things operate over these what would be the last two seasons in the NFL and Sean Payton's meeting with the media right now. Um, you know, Payton, I think, had COVID twice in having to deal with it. I think that has something to do with it where it just kind of I don't know maybe wore guys down and trying to to operate and who knows what's going to to happen in the next season but I mean 
this season with the Buccaneers was filled with a lot of stuff, and we even heard stuff of you know the behind the scenes. And this is not even talking about the Antonio Brown stuff that we do know about or that we've seen. And I, I, I just think a bunch of those factors probably also weighed on Brady, of, of making this decision. Oh, no question. Yes, John Ramos. Is he under con- – I mean, I don't know his contract. Yes, but- one more year. Okay. So he, if he wants to play in San Francisco, as Dan may have mentioned or you may have mentioned, um, it's not as easy as just like, I'm going to go play in San Francisco. He needs to have another year under the Tampa Bay reign before he can do something like that. And you trade him. Oh, trade okay. Him. You can same, trade as Aaron Ro- same as Aaron Rodgers. Like, right. This whole, like, Aaron wants to play here. Well, is he going to go to Denver with, with Nathaniel Hackett taking the job? There's like, well, he's got to be traded. Not gonna go like here. You know what? Let's we'll cut you so and it'll hurt us in the dead cap, and we'll give you to a team that could win a Super Bowl. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> that would be funny. I, do you think Tampa owes it to him? What do you mean to trade him? Yeah, like if you wanted, if 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 yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't think they will. I don't think he wants. To. I I could be wrong. I don't think he wants to. But yes, I think they do. They were bad forever. He came down. And all of a sudden, they were good. They did all the things that he wanted them to do, and they they figured out a way to keep it together. Yes, I, I think he, there's no question that if he said, you know, they want it, and I think it's a good thing when you're cutting dude's hair. What do you think of this theory? Uh, the more I think about what he just said, it's like I think he's going to spend the next couple of days or next couple of weeks or whenever, whenever, how long ever it takes for him to make the decision. I think he's going to spend that time trying to um, get Giselle and his family to like think that they are making the decision that he should play football. In other words, you know, we've all had that conversation where we want something so badly, but we don't want to be the one to say we want it. We want to talk people into like making it think like it's their decision. Right. And I think maybe at that point, he's going to call the Bucks and be like, one more year. Hmm. Well, put. I would say. I don't think. I don't think he's going to come. I. I think he's laying the groundwork for why. And I think what happens is, if you walk away with a year left in your contract, where you appear to be really, really good, you appear to still have juice in the tank. I don't think he'd be putting the. I think the family thing is real, but I think that continuing to iterate and reiterate how big the family is is telling you. Hey, look, I'm walking away, and no one's gonna, no one would question him anyway, but especially no one would question him once he says family time. You're like, you know what? 20 years is enough. 20 years is enough. I think he's gone. Just do. It's just weird. I just, I, I don't know how you guys saw it, but I was just operating in it. I know the two year extension that he signed last year maybe wasn't it was also for salary cap and how it but I just I never thought that he wouldn't play until uh he was at least 45 if his play didn't drop if he fell off the you know the map this year then I understand it but I just I I didn't see that and so for him to to bring this up now like I always thought that that 45 was what he was aiming at yeah yeah but but I I also think that do you think he thought he was gonna win a Super Bowl in his first year no, but what's his famous saying? You know, what's the what's your favorite ring or what's the, the best ring? Yeah, the next right. one. Yeah. And that was always I, everything that he always said. If, I just think you get to a point where you're like, I'm good. It doesn't feel the same anymore. That's why yeah. I wonder about COVID even of, of this situation or or maybe the, the dysfunction that went on with the Buccaneers this year. Maybe just- I think it's both. I think, I think all that factors in. I think the fact that it's not his original team, I think not having – 
you know, Edelman, you know, one of those one of those wide receivers that that he so trusts. You know, they all look up to him. They all admire him. They all call him the goat. But they're not guy. You know, they're not his guys. It's a completely. I mean, you're talking about a you're talking about a generation. He's playing with a different generation of players. The younger guys, the new guys who come in, weren't some of them weren't alive when he was first playing in the NFL. Let me repeat that. The new guys who come in, some of them weren't alive. All of them now weren't alive when he first started playing in the NFL. That's crazy. So, yeah, it's just different. And it's not – and, yeah, two years in, I'm sure he knows everybody at the stadium. I'm sure he knows everybody at the facility. But when you're in New England for 15, 16, 17 years, 18 years, you literally know everything and everybody and every reference. And and this is this is what happens when you transfer. This is what happens when you move. This is what happen like all of these things. These are real things. You know, it's here's a here's a weird way of of comparing it. Okay, but um, do you know how with the U.S. men's national soccer team? I've talked about this. We use several players that have never actually lived in the United States in our national team. Right? They were born sometimes to part American parents or there's a way to, you know, there's some, and, and we get them in kind of under the wire, if you will. But they're not Americans. They didn't grow up here. They didn't play here. They didn't train here. They come here to be in our national team. And I know other countries do it. Okay? But we have 350 million people. We have all the best facilities. There's no reason that we can't not only produce the best American soccer, but, but raise them on our soil. And so my point has always been like, if you win, if you won a World Cup, would it feel the same if they're not, really Americans. They don't know the American experience. I, I don't know if that, does that make sense to anybody? Am I making sense at all, Jason Stewart? What you said just now made perfect sense, yeah. In relating to Brady? Yeah, no, makes perfect sense. Okay, perfect sense, sure. yes. Okay, Ramos disagrees. Ramos's head <laughs> What about I, the sandwich Ramos is eating? Does that agree or not? What kind of sandwich, Ramos? Yeah, uh, hold on. It's, uh, well, I didn't. <laughs> I think there's roast beef in there, uh, cheese, uh, some. Um, what is in there? I can't see it. It's behind me because we can't eat at the. I see a dry Taste sandwich. It, yeah, I see you lettuce. You don't know what's in it. It's like a submarine sandwich, so I'm, a, I'm assuming Mystery what's in sandwich. it. It's, <laughs> you got a sub sandwich at a gas station? Is that what I, I You know, it's saying? like Tom Brady. It's a mystery. We don't know what I'm eating and where he's going to be next That's season. That's actually Aaron so. Rodgers' beautiful mystery. <laughs> the key part of the lunch is that he's got an entire bag of Cheetos Puffs. And not the, the small sandwich. bag. Yeah. One of those, like the big ones, like the family one. We just, you know, we eat it, and then we like close it up, and then we just, you know, eat it again. So it's just... <laughs> You know, you know how it is. You have kids. You have three kids in the house, so you know. Yeah, I um, I do have kids. I do have children. <laughs> this is true. I have I've been able to procreate, no doubt about it. Um, but my kids, they eat. No one eats sandwiches in my family. They just don't. They're not sandwich kids. And the Cheetos they like are the hot fried Cheetos. Have you guys seen those? Oh yes, Sarah and Lucas, my daughter and son. Love the hot Cheetos, the Takis, whatever they're called. They love them all. Yeah, yeah. So there's hot fried Cheetos. Those are the those are the ones. Those those are the ones. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, um, I I'll get into Urban Meyer and what he said in a podcast recently, but I also want to get into Wordle. 
the wordle the the everyone's desire to do this wordle and then share it on social media. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live. Uh Jay Stu, how'd you do in your wordle today? Today was a tough one. It took me uh 5 tries, but um my girlfriend Christina, she's like a savant. She got it in 2. And today was a tough one. How'd you do? Uh, I think it took me three. That's pretty good, too. Um, I mean, I just got very lucky with my first word that I chose. I do think that Wordle has become like your fantasy team, like your golf score, like your family vacations, like, uh, you know, your your Peloton workout. We have this inherent need to to share our own successes on social media. And I, I get it. I feel like that's more of a Facebook thing than a Twitter thing. Um, but it, it is definitely kind of taken over. What about you, Bayer? Are you a Wordle guy yet? Yeah, yeah. And actually, it's something that my wife and I do. As uh, Jason was, was saying uh, in his household, it's nothing that I would I, – I don't share my scores on Twitter or Facebook, but – uh, it is something that the the wife and I go back and forth uh, doing. So I, th- I I I think it's it's a lot of fun. I don't know if I you know share my round of golf with her because she definitely wouldn't care about that or any of you guys. But I do find if you can if you can connect you know with someone on it and make it just you know two or three people, then great. I think that's awesome. I don't like how people on social media though are giving hints. My boy Andy on the Bison sixteen sixty. Uh, <laughs> Fox Sports Radio affiliate, uh, home of the Doug Gottlieb show as well. Kind of gave a, uh, a hint today, and I had to say, yo, Andy, no hints, please. Yeah, no kidding. That, yeah. That's dirty pool. Well, yeah. No, Scalar Brothers did it today, too. Which jeez. Oh, they did. It's like giving the Jeopardy results when it hasn't aired on the West Coast because it aired somewhere at, like, you know, 3 o'clock this afternoon. I think that's, that's garbage. I don't think that you should – and hints just – I don't want any hints. That's the right. whole point of, of Wordles. The genius of this fad is the simplicity and that it's once a day. Yes. Now, humans typically have a chance to uh, have a, usually ruin everything. So we're going to make this a thing and you got to do 90 in a day and stuff like that. But the simplicity is the key and there's no hints. No hints. Yeah, no hints. Now, do you use the same word to start every day, buyer? Yes. What's your word? Do I do I need to? Uh, do you want me to reveal it? I don't know. Do you, do you, it doesn't affect any of. Does it? Okay. Uh, okay wait, wait. Before you do, because well, like, there is well, some well, strategy behind it. Chris Simmons joins us. Football night in America. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. What's your reaction to Sean Payton uh, stepping aside? Well, I, you know, uh, this has kind of been on the radar for the last few days. And, you know, when, when I first heard of it, I just thought, oh man, you know, it, to me, it feels a little bit like. You know, one of those moves where, hey, wait, it's been a great run here with the Saints. I've lost my franchise superstar quarterback. He retired. We got some salary cap issues. The team's gotten a little older. You know, I'm a psycho and work hard and crazy and live with the job all day long. Like one of those things to me where, again, I don't know this, but just burnt out. Looks like he needs a year or two off, and then he'll be back in the league somewhere. That's kind of how I take it, but uh, a shame to see him go. Certainly, Saints are, are who they are because of Sean Payton. He's definitely one of the best offensive minds we've ever seen in football. I'm sure it, it probably doesn't sit well with him or anybody. 
they sign Michael Thomas's huge deal. He's barely played. That sours you on stuff, right? Like you help make this guy into a star and you know, his his entire attitude and persona seemed seemed to change and they never really had him. That that derailed those last two seasons as much as the quarterback play. Would um, agree. Yeah, that was not easy. Definitely not. And that that felt like if Sean Payton did stay that that relationship was coming to an end. You know, there were some people out there that really thought even this year if Michael Thomas came back healthy that there there would be the uh you know, a looking or a looking for a trade partner for him with Michael Thomas. I do think that, you know, bridge was burnt a little there, but don't imagine that being the main case or the main issue. Uh, but again, maybe we'll find out more about it as the week goes on here. Okay. Uh, what about Brady? Do you think he's played his last game? You know, I mean, this is like shocking to me. It really is. I mean, we went through the whole last off season, early part of this season where, I mean, this wasn't even a question. It was, I'm going to play through 2022, and I'll reassess then. I mean, that came out of his mouth multiple times in the, in, you know, before the season started, even early on in the year. So I'm just shocked by that. that that's really what – I'm shocked that we're at this point. You know, there's obviously something real here. And, you know, you know obviously he's kept it close to, close, to his, uh, close to the vest as far as what he wants to do. But uh, – I don't know. In my heart of hearts, I feel like he's going to come back. I do. I think he's going to come back one more time. Uh, but so the way he answered it, you know, I don't know yet. Going to take some time. Those are the first times we've heard those type of things out of Brady, which is, you know, different. And it does make me think it's the first time he's legitimately thinking about walking away here. I want to talk about great quarterback play and bad quarterback play. Yeah. But, but let's, let's go to what the Bills did. 13 seconds to go, and you don't have Hardman back there. You don't have Tyreek Hill back there returning the kickoff. How can they not kick the ball off to run time off the clock? Yeah, that, that to me, I mean, that's probably where I look at it as to be, you know, the most egregiously wrong. You know, first off, I, I understand that, to your point. You know, something I talked about a little bit on, on PFT, like where, hey, McCole Hardman's back there, Tyreek Hill's back there. You know, maybe you go, I don't want to kick the ball up in the air and give them a chance to make something happen in space. I understand not wanting to do the squib kick. I get that. You know, a squib kick, first off, hard to control. Sometimes the ball bounces off one of the guys in the first two lines, and all of a sudden the other team's got the ball at the 40-yard line. So you got to be careful of that. But, But to me, it's what you said. Once you realize those guys aren't back there, why not kick it high down to the five yard line? and take away seven, eight seconds off the clock, certainly. The first play, the Tyree kill, little dump off, he gets a bunch of yards, great. All right, I had no issue with that either. All right, so I understand that. But now we're at a place where, you know, again, they got timeouts. Why are we playing so far off and down the field and protecting the sideline to the point where there's nobody in the area with uh, Travis Kelsey? Yeah, there's definitely some different ways to approach that. But I think the kickoff is the one I look at to be the most wrong there, Doug. Okay, let's let's discuss quarterback play. Um, when you Insane. See I've never seen a game better played at the position ever in my life. I'm Who's sorry to be- cut you off. No, I, that, I, I only want your opinion, not mine. Yeah. Um, let, let's, I've never – yeah. Keep going. Just, just talk. I've just what, never you seen see? anything like it. I never saw anything like that. You know, no, no, not to that high of a le- high of a level. Not to, I guess, the blend of 
you know, movement, surgical in the pocket, making all the right decisions, unbelievable throws. Listen, I know we've had games where it was Brady and Manning, and, you know, they were on fire and other great quarterback matchups as well. But, of course, that was so much more done through the system and playing in the pocket and making the right decision. You know, there were so many plays the other night where the defense won. You go, oh, they made, they did it. They pressured him. Everybody's covered. What? He scrambled for 20? What? He got out and threw that ball for another 25-yard game? I mean, that's where I just was amazed. With really no decision throughout the game from either one of them where I went, oh, whoa, he got lucky there. You know, it's all the physical ability – all the mental, the reads, the ability to process the information, read the defenses. It was the greatest quarterback duel I've ever seen in my life. And one that was done through the scope of, yes, the drop back surgical quarterback, but also with the backyard element that I think we're not used to in the 2021 NFL yet. And that's where it was really, really special. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, what went so wrong for the Tennessee Titans, specifically Ryan Tannehill? Yeah, well, I mean, just over-aggressive, not understanding the scope of the football game. Uh, the, the, the Titans, you know, again, that game, the way it was played, the way they matched up with the Bengals, you know, I know I've been on here with you before. It, it's not – they're not a sexy team. They're not built to beat teams 30-10 to 10 or 34-10 to 10 or something like that. No, they're going to play and win 20-16, to 24-20, 24-14. That's how they play. And he just came out, or you know, came out, obviously, in the first play, stared down a receiver. That was horrible. You know, the second interception with the Mike Hilton tip on the screen pass, you know, they knew that was coming. I'm not going to necessarily blame Tannehill there, but that is where it's handy to have a Mahomes or Allen sidearm throw to get that underneath a guy like Hilton. That's where that comes in handy. But they had run that play earlier. I think the Bengals were all over it and knew that was going to be the adjustment. It was a run play called. If they outnumber the run, he throws it out there. They were ready for that. But I think interception one and interception three are the most egregious. Again, third and five at that part of the field, a little over 20 seconds left in the football game, maybe 30, somewhere in that range, to try to squeeze the ball into that window you know, the, the receiver to the left, Westbrook Akini's running a curl route. The DB does not back off at all, shows no signs of backing off. He's flat-footed, he's leaning forward, and he still throws that ball. That was what was disappointing. It really was. You know, their defense played well enough for them to win the football game. You know, their offense put them in some tough spots. And, yeah, I mean, that, that game was, uh, you know, I don't like it, like, boiling it down to the quarterback making mistakes, but I think that is one that I boil it down to that, and we'll see where the Bengals go. I'll say this about the Bengals, Doug. We know they're dangerous. Their defense has been better the last few weeks as far as creativity and playmaking, but I've never seen a team go to the Super Bowl who had their offensive line steamrolled in the capacity it did in a divisional round game. That's where I got to I got to see it again to believe it to think they could beat the Chiefs uh, in Arrowhead and the way they protected last week in a playoff scenario that defensive line's got to be ready to go so uh, that'll be interesting to see. Okay, so yeah, that, that that's my question. Can they can they protect and then can they stop? I mean, I, I don't even, I don't know how they stop Pat Mahomes either. You know, like yeah, th- no, that's, I that's know. the number think- one ranked defense in the NFL and. And the Bills couldn't stop them. I don't know how the Bengals, right. Bengals think they're going to stop them. 
Well, it's a little different matchup. You know, again, the Bills, the Bills, you know, they're not the greatest matchup for the Chiefs all the time either because they don't have great cover corners, you know, so they can't play man-to-man really ever against the Chiefs. They always got to play zone. The Bengals have a little more talent in their secondary and, uh, you know, really I think have a better rush, a better pass rush with their pure front four. And that's why I brought up what, you know, uh, during the season, one of my critiques of the Bengals' defense was a little too simple at times, don't disguise a whole lot. The last few weeks, they've done a variety of things on third downs and coverages and disguises and, you know, blitz two, drop two, where I go, ooh, well, this is different, and this gives them a fighting chance, you know, going in to play a team like Buffalo or Kansas City who they're going to play there. Uh, so, yeah, they can pull off the upset. But what I worry about is that offensive line, like you said, and – you know, we'll see what Kansas City does, too. They're going to have to adjust to the way they played the Bengals the first time around, too. First time around, the thing that jumped out to me more than anything, you know, I know Jamar Chase had the two long touchdown catches, but really the, 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 the Chiefs played way too much man-to-man in the first football game, and they just you can't match up against this group across the board thinking you're going to play man-to-man against those receivers, the tight end, the back out of the backfield. So they're going to have to reassess their game plan a little bit from that first matchup as well. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Chris Sims is our guest. Uh, let's let's go to the Rams. Yeah. Granted, granted, the four fumbles they tried to give Tampa the game. <laughs> um, what's your assessment of Matt Stafford and how he played from your perspective? Well, I mean, the last two weeks have been just top notch. I mean, top notch. You know, I went into the playoffs. I know I came on here a few times going, the Rams got everything going, right? Everything's going. Offense, defense, special teams. It's just Matt Stafford. Can we trust him? Well, it's been two phenomenal playoff games. And, like, two phenomenal playoff games with what I would say is high degree of difficulty of throws, too. It's not like they're looking to throw three-yard screen passes and dink and dunk. When they drop back to pass, they look to strike. They were all over it in the game the other day. They really were. The, the thing I look at that, that most impressed me, because I just watched it on film, was how their offensive line played. Not necessarily in the run game. I give them credit, McVay credit, because he's always patient with the run. But they stood their ground against that great Buccaneers pass rush. That, that was the difference in the game, in my opinion. Their pass rush held up. The, the, uh, their, their pass protection held up. Excuse me. The Bucks did not. But they had answers. Stafford and McVay had answers for all the crazy Todd Bowles blitzes. And then, just like we talked about with the Bengals, and then, oh, no, we got to take away some of these easy completions. You play man-to-man, and it's hard to match up across the board against the Rams man-to-man. So they played a really good game. Doug, that game should have been 40-10. to They dominated, and they played the best, I think. When I saw them at their best, they were the most impressive team, I thought, in divisional weekend as far as just how everything came together, the way it looked on the field, me now going back and watching film of all these games, I came away with, if I took the A-plus from everybody at Divisional Weekend, that game, the Rams had the best A-plus game and were very impressive. I mean, Von Miller and Aaron Donald, holy cow, were they supermen out there. Um, Okay. What went so wrong for the Packers? I know their special teams were a disaster. Yeah, their, offense, right. their offense was unable to take advantage of the defense playing great most of the game. What went so wrong? Yeah, yeah the, the, I mean, the 49ers defense is the best defense left in the playoffs. You know, they are good. They are unbelievable in zone coverages and passing things off. They rarely have to blitz. 
because of their front four and how special they are. I think you saw two defenses in this game where they were really all over the other offensive play callers' tricks and schemes and really had a good feel for that. But, you know, Rodgers, I don't want to sit here and tell you he played bad. He played solid. He just never made one play or a play that we're accustomed to seeing to go, oh, there it is. That got them out of the hole or that got the offense going. Or, man, it's a big moment. We need something. He didn't do that. I thought he was a hair too conservative with some of his decision-making. I think he was a little hair a hair too quick to get the ball out of his hands a few times, too. Now, listen, it's easy to judge. I'm sitting here on the couch talking on the phone to you. But, you know, there was plays that I came away going, he didn't need to dump the ball off that quickly. I know that they've been around him, but, damn, he's Aaron Rodgers. He could have hung onto the ball a hair longer and got to the second or third read instead of just going, wait, let me look at the first read. Okay, that's not open. Wait, this is a great 49ers pass rush. Let me just dump it off to my back. There was a few too many plays of that as well. You know, the Mercedes Lewis fumble killed them early on when they had a little momentum and were moving the ball. But they don't have enough to think about. That's the thing with the Packers, Doug, and you heard me bang the table a bunch about that. You know, it's just two Rodgers and Devontae Adams-centric. That's their problem. You know, They're a good football team, but I also sit here and tell you they're not as good as the 49ers. They're not. You, know, you break it down, you go, okay, defensive line, I'm taking the 49ers. Linebackers, I'm taking the 49ers. You know, we talked about this a little last week. Offensive line, 49ers. Wide receivers, 49ers. You know, running backs, okay, maybe the two for Green Bay are better, but the running game's not better because of what Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell do. You know, so that's where I think, you know, we're a little fooled by Green Bay always. We think they're a Super Bowl team because their quarterback's a Super Bowl quarterback, but I go, nah, the team's a playoff team and you got a Super Bowl quarterback. The 49ers have a Super Bowl team and, yes, a below-average NFL starting quarterback, but still – Teams better than one guy, that's for sure. Uh, and those mistakes, like you said, in the special teams, and like we talked about all year, it's hard to go to the Super Bowl and win it on we're just going to execute and never make mistakes. And that finally came back to bite them in the butt. you got to make plays this time of the year. And to me, Green Bay just does not have enough playmakers on either side of the ball. Couldn't agree with you more. Great stuff. Chris Sims joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Chris, can't wait to talk to you after this weekend. We'll have two Super Bowl teams. Thanks for joining us. You're the man, Doug. Have a good week, buddy. No, you are. You are definitely the man. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Breathe and breathe out, breathe and breathe out. What does uh, the Fox say is brought to you by Hustler Turf, the brand of lawn care. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn mowers to run their businesses. For us weekend shows, Hustler Turf has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. That's HustlerTurf.com. Let's get to what the Fox says. And now. So we go through all the Fox shows and we're like, "Mm, what's interesting? This is Colin Cowherd on Sean Payton and the Dallas Cowboys. You go to Dallas, Dallas says, we'll give you Amari Cooper, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. So Dallas has a good enough roster to make trades. They're not going to give you Zach Martin, (laughs) um, and they're not going to give you Dak, and they're not going to give you Trayvon Diggs or Micah Parsons. Everything else I'd put on the table. I mean, there's about four guys I'm not moving, um, and I think Dallas fits. I think they have the pieces. Listen, I've always said, I like Dak Prescott. I like him. 
To me, he's like a BB plus quarterback. Sean Payton's the kind of guy that can take a quarterback like Dak and move him a half a grade. He's not going to turn Dak from B to A plus. But can he take back Dak this year from B to B plus to A minus in that A class? Absolutely. Dak is certainly good. And you give him a great coach. That's the game changer. That's the jet fuel. So Dallas makes a ton of sense, but they'd have to trade for him. Again, they've drafted well. They've got a good roster outside of about four guys. There's a lot of guys I'd move. Yeah, I I mean, I understand how it all sounds, and none of us trust any of these coaches' words, and rightfully so, right? Nothing they have done has shown that we should trust what they say. On the other hand, I actually believe that Sean Payton is like, I, I had a team. I had a perfectly good team, and I'm walking away from a $45 million. I, I, I think he needs a little bit of a break. You know, he needs a little bit of a break. And, and the difference in his profession and some of ours is he may end up getting a better job. He could get the Dallas job in a year. I don't think he's walking away from the Saints job for the Cowboys job now. I think he's walking away from the Saints job to, to catch his breath. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Okay, so let's get back to this Wordle thing. Uh, Jay, so Dan Byer said he used the same word every time, but he's very protective of that word. Well, what I about just, you? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't think that people want help doing it. You know, like that's, everybody's got their own thing. So they're, so me, like, it'd be like, I would almost feel like it'd be giving a hint for a way that I think works for me. And I wouldn't want to alter anyone else's wordle strategy okay how many how many times did how many guests did it take this today four yeah okay so how, how about how did you come upon the word um yeah that just i i had a i had the two in the correct in the you know the right one in the first one and then uh they weren't placed in the second line then the third some of them were placed and then i figured it out no, no, no. I mean, yeah. how did you choose? You use the same word every time. Yeah. How did you come to choose that word? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, make it quick. Um, it's got a lot of uh, letters vowels? that I think. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Vowels. I Googled best ways to start Wordle, and they, they have a bunch of those that words. Is, yeah, they have a bunch is. of those words. <laughs> Speaking of cheat, check out the latest lines of World of Sports, the Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Got to be 21. President Colorado, Indiana, Illinois, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of cheating, does Barry Bonds belong in the Hall of Fame? I will tell you definitively next.